0: The following takes place between 8 a.m. and 9 a.m. Thursday, November the 14th, uh, 2019. That's right, folks. I am getting so much better at naming the days and and being uh, accountable for knowing what day it actually is. And of course, you know me. I am your host. I am Ian Glendon. I am joined on the phone, as always, by Mr. Mike DeBate. Mike, how are we doing today?
1: <laughs> yeah, oh, you know it's uh, it, it it is amazing. You know, I mean, I, I I know I said last week I was so good about you know picking the bye week to, to feel under the weather and get back to uh, to basics, but uh, yeah, this one's been a little tough to shake, and and the, the weather up here in New England is definitely not helping. But I am here, and I assure you, folks. Uh, we will get our uh, video uh, situation <laughs> fixed uh, My good friend on the other end of the microphone, Mr. Ian Glendon, has been extremely patient with me Very, very good, and you can always, always see his beautiful face every single morning I promise you the view will get a lot worse in a couple of days when I'm feeling better And I can join him on the other side of that split screen But uh, in any case, it's my pleasure to be here with you this morning Always a pleasure to share the microphone with you, buddy uh, let's, let's get to it
0: Thanks, Mike Thanks, Mike. <laughs>
1: um, no, those were
0: those were incredibly kind words that he was obligated under contract to say. So, uh, yes, yes, he, he wrote those, from, sent those
1: to me last night. Yeah? Yes, under duress. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yes, exactly, Mike. Blink. Tw- oh, wait, that's right. You're not on camera, so people can't see if you're you're under duress. It's okay, but. That's reality, right. That's one of the
1: big crest. reasons why I'm on camera. I'm usually under duress when I usually say the stuff that I say.
0: exactly. So. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. No, look, we're we're excited. I I've just had a whole bunch of coffee. I'm I'm wired right now. I fell asleep at ten thirty last night. Wow. Like that. that's, yeah, it was extremely it was, early
1: for Mister Glendon. Let me tell you, folks. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: It's it's been it's been a struggle trying to. Uh, to To find the right time or find find the right times uh, frame when I can go to bed, all this fun stuff because uh, you know sleep is sleep is important um, and and I, I like to think that I, I do get a decent amount of sleep, but not enough. Um, problem was I uh, so yesterday and if anyone saw on Twitter last night or yesterday, I had my I had my debit card number taken, so I had some money charged to my account. Which okay, that sucks, but to me, I looked at this as a perfect opportunity to use the Alonzo morning meme because. We know it's it's a terrible situation. You have to go through the bank. You have to wait through the process. They'll they'll file all the fraud charges, all that stuff. You know, it's a few hundred bucks. You know, it's not a big deal. You know, they'll they'll take care of it. It's more or less the conven- inconvenience of not having the card or having to do you know extra work to, to uh, change different uh, uh, saved information that you have, all that all that nonsense. So, but the one silver lining in all this, and it's funny because I just brought this up so- to someone recently. Uh, the only time I ever cancel all those useless subscriptions that I've signed up for over the years is if I lose my card or I need to get a new one. So, guess what? I'm just freed myself of all those dumb subscriptions. I don't even pay attention to all those look like stupid, like, oh, here's nine ninety nine a month for this, or here's six ninety nine for that. Nope, none of it. It's all gone now. I can go through and refocus and, uh, um, you know, <clears throat> choose to spend my money. Poorly again in the future, but at least this time I'm, I'm, I'm starting with a fresh start. So, you know, <laughs> silver lining things.
1: Absolutely. You know, it's always good to get a clean slate with stuff like that. I, that actually happened to me a couple of months ago. I was ready to make a purchase, I was at a store in Rhode Island, and simultaneously, just three seconds earlier, believe it or not, oh. if you want to talk about timing. Three seconds earlier, someone tried to use my card in Northern Massachusetts, and obviously, I couldn't be in two places at once. And uh, credit the people at uh, the bank that uh, that I do uh, business with; they were absolutely phenomenal. They hit it right away, shut the card off. I never actually lost any. They blocked the charge, and uh, it was uh, it was very it was. Very, very good that, uh, that that had happened. They could see the pattern of where I was during the day when I did, uh, uh, you know, a couple of card swipes. And in between, they noticed that there was a card swipe in uh, in northern Massachusetts, and they realized that <laughs> the time frame just wasn't conducive to me being able to drive up there and then use it again. So they shut it off. They blocked that charge. And I never had a problem. The only inconvenience that I had is I had to wait a couple of days to get a new card. But that was it. That was really, really it. So, uh, yeah, I feel your pain, my friend. It's not, uh, it's not fun, but uh, it could have been worse. And mm-hmm. it sounds like you're looking at it with, uh, with, a, with a silver lining. So that's always good.
0: What can I say? And uh, to, to those folks that are watching on SportsCats, I did realize, even though I boasted that I was right on top of my days and all that, I forgot to change the date. On the top of the screen, so it still says Wednesday, November thirteenth, when in fact it really is Thursday. And I, I'm I'm checking my watch right now, and that's, that's actually I mean.
1: it's not. This is Groundhog Day, folks. You are <laughs> caught in that tailspin. Bill Murray's <laughs> going to come popping up any minute. Uh, it's it's just it's the same day over and over and over again. And of course, here in New England, we've been living the same day for I, the last oh, I don't know what, fifteen years since the Spygate <laughs> story came out. Oh, that's like Groundhog Day, and you get a whole lot of idiots that just you, keep pushing this narrative and no one has any clue what actually happened in Spygate. But you know, whatever.
0: (laughs) You know, I'm 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 glad and I'm uh you know I'm disappointed that you brought it up. Disappointed because I was trying to and I, I, I shouldn't have mentioned it yesterday and I mentioned it yesterday. Uh just kinda offhand. I was like, oh great, we're gonna have to dust off our uh our our battle gear for for Spygate truthers. And you know I was kinda like half joking. And by half joking I was like maybe like 10% joking because in, in in reality i realized okay this this is probably actually going to happen so today this morning you know the very very little work i did to prepare for the show i did come across <laughs> i did come across a tweet or a a story from si now comparing the two comparing and contrasting except my issue and, and god I and, I and i hate this because it it's it's 2019 it's almost 2020 and we're still Correcting people over, this, uh, over simple, simple, simple facts. And my big issue with this uh, Michael Rosenberg story from SI Now was, first of all, that he was comparing the two acts. He alludes to uh, people accusing the Patriots of, of, of uh, taping the walkthrough of the Rams. He mentions that uh, – I think the quote was – Players have their suspicions, but we're never able to prove anything. And he completely fails to mention that not only the the publication that originally published that accusation retracted it, and the fact that every indication, except for the salty hate from, uh, you know, guys like Marshall Falk, have indicated that this never happened. So, to me, I think that's incredibly irresponsible. I think it's incredibly irresponsible to draw comparisons between the two, considering. In baseball, in this situation, a team was literally relaying in real time the signs that were coming in to tell the players. And 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 compared to what the Patriots were doing, which were which again the uh, uh, taping signals is still to this day not illegal. So to even make that comparison between the two kind of zaps your credibility when when talking about this situation. So in in the Patriots situation, they were taping it from a uh, uh, unapproved location on the field that the NFL stated in a memo that was issued the year before that's the rule they broke it wasn't because they were taping signals they weren't relaying signals in real time sending it into the linebacker to call the defense or sending in a Brady to call the offense no that none of that happened so this whole idea that someone especially that's you know has a reputation as a writer uh with a you know a reputable publication like SI will go out and write these things it it just it drives me absolutely bat Blank, crazy. Because yeah, it, it's, just, it's it's absurd. It's it's absurd that we have to sit here and you know beat down these 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 dopes about simple simple facts. I mean, I mean, this is an opinion. This isn't us being um, objective or subjective. This is these are the facts of the case. Anything else is just your uh, suspicions, and most of the time they're based on literally nothing, or they're based on All other right. suspicions that have no bearing. So um, I'm getting frustrated with this because, again, I I, I would if you would have told me in 2007 September 2007, you know <laughs> what what a time to be alive. I was 20 years old. What do you know? Uh, getting ready to turn 21. Things were things were a lot different. If you were going to tell me in September 2007 that in November of 2019, I will still be <laughs> defending the damn basic facts of Spygate to, to Spygate, dopes, yeah. not just dopes on Twitter, but like actual paid, verified, blue checkmark uh, journalists on Twitter. It's it's absurd. It's absurd. Oh yeah,
1: absolutely. No, Ugh. there is. I mean, you know, um, George is we're seeing upset. it. <laughs> Absolutely. judge is getting upset and he should be. Um, y- you asked the question, my friend, and we're the answer. We're sitting here talking about that article this morning and ultimately we feed into the agenda and it's inevitable and it's unavoidable simply because of the fact that people are so consumed with hate for the Patriots. Mm-hmm. Uh, that aren't Patriots fans. I mean, they are the most polarizing franchise in professional sports. It used to be the New York Yankees. It is now the New England Patriots. There is more hatred for the Patriots than there is for the Yankees nationwide. I never thought I'd say that, but it's the truth. And the reason for that is the success that they've had in the last 20 years, and especially in football. With NFL being king, you want to watch your team every week. Mm -hmm. People are sick and tired of seeing that red, white, and blue uniform, that flying Elvis silver helmet on Super Bowl Sunday. And if they can rationalize the Patriots' success by putting forth narratives that don't really have a whole lot of facts behind them, but a lot of opinion, uh, a lot of hot air, and a lot of wind, that's exactly what they're going to do. And the reason why they do it, they can mask it in all of the uh, you know professional rhetoric that they want to mask it in. But ultimately, it's still—I go back to— Vinny Gambini and my cousin Vinny when he said his card is an illusion and he flips around the card and he says it's as thin as this playing card. Those are the arguments when you take a look at things like Spygate and Deflategate. They're as thin as that playing card. They have no basis on exactly what the success was for the Patriots. But people are going to look at it and say, "Nope, that's a full brick. That's it. That's why they did it. They cheated. They're cheaters, and it's a rallying cry." Again, I said it yesterday. Philadelphia media is having a ball this week with calling Patriots, you know, cheaters and you know deflators and and all that. You know, you have you know guys on on talk radio and guys that are you know writing for Philadelphia tabloids that are that are having a ball with this. And if they actually took a look at the facts of the case, they'd realize that. They weren't true, but again, it just it stems from ignorance and it stems from that old adage of wanting to drink. And we want to believe the Patriots cheated, so anything that says they did, we're going to latch onto it and we're mm-hmm. going to drink it like it's you know a gallon of water on a ninety degree day.
0: Well, and and what's amazing though, in, in this whole situation in general, is the fact that this is this whole topic came up again. Because a team in another sport that was just in their league's championship series was accused of doing something, but yet this has turned into almost a 50-50 split. You're either talking about the Astros or you're talking about the Patriots and drawing some ridiculous false uh, 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 comparisons between the two. And, again, it, it, to me it just speaks to how irresponsible it is because all you have to do is do a simple little bit of research and you'll know that, okay, the walkthrough story was there's no legitis- legitis- legitimacy to it. Right. <laughs> there we go. Third time's a charm. Um, there's no legitimacy to it. Uh, why would you ever put that in a, in a story or make again? If you're going to make the suggestion or bring up the fact that you know guys have accused the Patriots of doing that with no basis of fact, then bring up the fact that the publication that printed the original accusation retracted it, and in multiple situations, th- th- be objective. You know, if you're gonna if you're gonna compare the two give the full story. Don't just shape it to, oh, okay, well, this this sounds exactly like what the Patriots would do. No, it doesn't. It, it's completely yeah. different. It is and completely he different. Even, he even makes this suggestion in the article, and I'm really harping on this one because this one really you know, got me going this morning, kind of got me out of bed, yeah. to be honest. Yeah, struck but a it, nerve. It did. Nope. It really did. And nope. one of the things that he suggested in the article was that um, in baseball, everyone is kind of doing things similar to this, maybe not to this level, but in football, no one was doing what the Patriots was doing, which we know to be a, a hundred percent fact, because not only have coaches come out and say, I mean, it's just, I mean, come on, let's be real. What, how, how do you make that suggestion that no one, the Patriots are doing things other teams just weren't doing? That's, that's foolish. And, and that's, that's the just fact
1: so- that they had the fact that the NFL had to issue that memorandum yeah. <laughs> shows Yep. That all teams were doing this. This was not something that was sent just to the Patriots, folks. It was sent to all 32 NFL teams. And all 32 NFL teams participated in this. And several teams have come out and said that they were doing the same thing. They just weren't doing it from the location that the Patriots were doing it at. And that's the reason why the Patriots mm-hmm. got napped. And again, they violated the rules. They paid the price. Mm-hmm. Nobody's arguing that. And nobody's saying that they shouldn't have been penalized or, you know, or uh, admonished for that. Was the was it a little bit maybe too much? Yeah, oh, I, I think I think it was. Absolutely. I think it was excessive, you know. And I think they did that for a reason. But the Patriots did, you know, break the rules and they had to be admonished for it. The problem is the narrative that surrounded this and all the, you know, they taped the Rams walkthrough, which was a lot of smoke and mirrors, which was completely, completely fabricated by a former staffer that had an axe to grind against the organization and thought he was going to make a name for himself and throw a story out there that was going to get him notoriety. Well, I guarantee you that 95% of the people that talk about Spygate don't even know the guy's name. (laughs) That was actually the source in the story. So, you know, take that for what you will look at the facts and just have an objective point of view. Try to let the fact that you hate seeing Bill Belichick and Tom Brady cradle that Lombardi trophy try to wipe that you know, garbage from your eyes and try to actually look at what the facts are and maybe then you can have an informed opinion. Uh, but don't start with with all of this because it's just it's, it's ridiculous and really it's lazy journalism. It's just easy you know what? Scandal happens, let's compare it to the Patriots. That'll get
0: some clicks. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> no, that was good. I mean, look, I, I, I agree. I mean, it's just, it, it, it just to me, I, I, I understand why it's happening. I really do because you know, at this point, we've covered and followed the Patriots for a very long time. We understand how these things happen and how these things work. I mean, there's, there's only one team that leads the night, NBC nightly news when. When when they're accused of something, it's it's the Patriots. It's always the Patriots. But but you, no, you you're right. It's it's all based on the fact that people are just sick of seeing them and and all these uh you know quote unquote. I I hate the phrase where there's smoke there's fire because no because where there's smoke there's a lot of dumb people. Uh, because that's yeah. that's really where this has come about is there's a lot of smoke because people just don't understand or grasp the 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 facts of the situation. If you were to look at it objectively and be like okay. Yeah, like you said and we both agree. Yeah, they they got they got punished for, you know, disobeying a rule or whatever. It wasn't, you know, a huge deal. It clearly wasn't like this big issue, but again, people want to believe what they want to believe and facts be damned, you know, because there's plenty of them that suggest otherwise, but, you know, who am I except someone who follows this very very closely. So, anyways, <clears throat> um I did I did find it interesting. I don't know if you saw this, and I wish I would have seen it yesterday before um before we got on the air, but they, there's a guy, I believe he covers the Yankees. Um, I I don't have his Twitter handle. I'll I'll look for it, you know, and I'll I'll try to shout it out or whatever, but he put together kind of a compilation of pitches and, and kind of what was going on. And and he showed very clearly that the information being relayed to the Astros were, was almost simultaneous. Like it was almost instant. Uh, The sign would go down. Depending on what they were doing that game, it was uh they would either bang for a fastball or uh uh don't bang for an off pe- off speed pitch, which would obviously give the batter an indication of what to look for and to make it a little bit easier to hit. Um, <laughs> like again, I I am I'm, I'm I'm waiting to really make a, a full judgment on this situation because again, having experienced accusations and not personally, but. Through uh, teams that we follow, and and the whole situation, I do want to see the situation play out. Uh, again, I've I've said that, and I, I got to stick to my guns. You know, when it comes to the Patriots, when it comes to any team, let let the investigation play out. Let's let's find out all the information before we uh, jump to any sort of firm conclusion. But uh, the video showed was was pretty. You know, let's just say it was a thousand times more damning than someone being called a Dorito Dink. And we know how <laughs> we know how uh uh volatile or or how uh, much that uh statement uh, go deflate and, and I'll give you this jacket really uh, galvanize the whole Patriots hater group. So this video obviously shows um, the sign coming down. You'll hear hear a bang, uh, whether it's a fastball or or not, and then you know there you go. And and to me that's. That's taking it to another level, and that's again a, another very uh, a huge distinction between the Patriots and and what the what the Astros are, are accused of doing. And um, you know this this is uh it's pretty interesting. And and I saw also another uh, home road splits, and and this is the big thing because uh, you know every obviously they were doing this at home, their home and road splits in the regular season were almost identical. So really, the effect during the regular season was. You know, minimal at, at best. I mean, who, who can really tell, especially when you have the same numbers away? But you look at the World Series against the Dodgers, and individual players, Jose Altuve, Alex Bregman, so on and so forth, had very, very distinct splits home and away, um, where obviously the home numbers were far superior to the away numbers. And that's where the big issue comes in, because is this a is this something that's going to help them win 110 games in the regular season? Probably not. I mean, if they're good, they're going to win a bunch of games and, and whatnot. But in a seven game series, where you know, an inning here, an inning there, makes the biggest difference. Um, you think about the Dodgers being up seven to four in game uh, game five of the World Series, I want to say, um, and then losing that game. Yeah, You know what I mean? And I believe, if I remember correctly, that was the Kershaw game. So there are a lot of questions that have come up with this, and I'm very curious as to see what this investigation ultimately comes down to, because um, there's already some damning evidence out there just from from some internet research. And uh, again, this is, this is far more uh, of evidence than anything that's ever come out of Spygate and uh, Deflategate, which again is the, is the great irony of all this is that it took people, uh, it took all of one day for an ex-player to come out and talk about this and for uh, all these people to find evidence that supports it. And we're 16 years into uh, Spygate and about five years into Deflategate and we have yet to really see any of that. So I know it's gone on a little bit, but it it just this this thing really got to me this morning when I woke up.
1: No, and I I can definitely imagine that. And I definitely understand it. And look, I know we've done a lot of Patriots ranting, but really what it comes down to is this is about the Astros. It's about Major Mm -hmm. League Baseball and how they're going to handle this. And I think that you absolutely were prudent in saying we have to wait and see all the evidence we have to wait until all the information comes out it's disingenuous to the astros to major league baseball to their opponents to sit there and make a judgment call on something that we don't have all the evidence on yet so that's first but it does have to play out and this can't be something that's simply just swept under the rug i know a few um analysts for major league baseball and a few sports analysts have come out and said well this is not going to probably not going to materialize in anything because they'll never be able to definitively prove it well yeah, I mean, there's there's video evidence of it now. So now you have to take a really sharp look and a really in-depth look at what's happened because if the Astros were doing this, folks, I, I don't necessarily believe they're the only team doing this. I don't think they're the only ones that had this epiphany that, oh, well, we can videotape and we can bang for one thing and we can be silent for another. It's probably going on in some way, shape, or form. And honestly, it really shocks me that's that's things like this are not more rampant in, in professional sports, even college sports nowadays because of all the technological advances that we have. It's a lot easier to do that. I mean, you know, back in the 50s and 60s, no way you could get away with any of this stuff. And they were still stealing signals. There are still people that believe, and honestly, there's video, that, not video, but there's evidence to support that the infamous shot heard round the world was a tipped pitch by Ralph Branca that allowed Robbie Thompson to get that home run. So, probably showing my age there. Don't, don't, <laughs> get, don't, don't worry Sorry, folks, no. I'm not that old. I was not, I wasn't yeah. even, I don't even think my father was alive for that yet. <laughs> so I think that's, you know, so I'm not that old, but I do know my baseball history and it's been going on for as long as you can imagine in baseball. But with the technological advances, it surprises me. This is not more, uh, more rampant uh, because it's just simply a lot more, a lot easier to do now.
0: Well, let, let me be clear. I, I think stealing signs in baseball and and, and stealing coaches signals in football, um, I have, A zero issue with that. That that to me, it's part of the game. It's it's out. It's gamesmanship. Absolutely, exactly. You know, and people, and and see, here's the thing that happened with Spygate. All of a sudden, every rule broken amounts to uh, cheating. Which, okay, maybe we're we're getting into a semantics debate here, but. I don't consider in a, in a game and a sport that every rule broken is considered cheating. I think, you know, there there's levels, uh, you know, cheating to me implies that you directly influence the outcome of a game by um, doing things out of the norm, or at least in the sense that they have a great effect. Again, you know, you, you cheat by... In the essence of what the Astros are doing, again, if it is true, and again, if everything has, has amounted to what they've uh, explained, and and it goes directly against what the MLB, and this is the only direct comparison, I would say, between Spygate and this situation, where this rule, this uh, using technology, it, not the rule itself, but just issuing a rule to emphasize uh, how the MLB is going to act, is what happened in this case, where you know, like you said, the, the teams are always trying to get the upper edge and trying to steal signals and send signs. I mean, that's why you have a second baseman sitting in there, relaying uh, signs to the to the batter and and all that stuff. I mean, it's just it's part of the game. But when you go that extra length that other teams aren't doing, again, I, I I'd be hesitant to say that a lot of teams are sitting there with this intricate relay system that you know, in real time you know, shows you what the signal, a sign is and all that stuff. That to me seems like it's going a little bit over the top, but sitting there trying to pick up whatever you can, you know, whether it's again from an Apple watch a couple of years ago with the, with the Red Sox or, you know, what whatever, just name the team. And it's like, there's always a situation of them trying to steal signs. This does seem like it's gone a little bit over the top, but again, I want to see the investigation play out. I need to see all the facts before I sit here and, and condemn them. But, you know, as it stands right now, it doesn't look good. And, um, I just hate that. Unfortunately, we've had to spend 15 minutes of this 30-minute discussion on on the Patriots and, and basic facts. So, with that said, <laughs> I'm changing. I'm changing my mood a little bit because I don't want to talk about I don't want to talk about Spygate more than half an hour a show. So, we're gonna we're gonna try to shift focus here a little bit because we do have a Thursday night football game tonight. And uh, yes, we, we do. Yes, we do. Uh, Thursday yeah. it's, uh it's it's the Cleveland Browns. And the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers, which, again, I mean, what a, what a wacky season for the Steelers. Um, and we, we talked about it a little bit yesterday about kind of really what a great job Mike Tomlin's doing. And if you know me, yeah. you know, yeah, it's, 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 it's not easy for me to say that because I don't necessarily think Tomlin's, you know, I think he's one of the top coaches in the league, but, you know, some coaches have to be some of the time, you know, that's what I'm saying. Like, I I think he's a good coach. I just don't think he's, or I didn't think he was as great as some people have made him out to be. I think he just kind of benefited from Bill Cowher's team early on in his career and kind of just built a foundation from there. And the fact that, uh, the Rooneys just never get rid of a coach. I mean, this is their, (laughs) this is their third coach in, and, uh, my, you know, your entire lifetime, my entire lifetime, um, our parents entire lifetime. So, um, It just it feels like it's been like that forever. And then on the flip side, Cleveland, uh, you know, has had like three coaches in the last twelve months, so uh, (laughs) you can see and and it makes sense why Cleveland, with all this talent, is at two and six, and the in the um, Steelers are at five and four right now. So uh, just real quick, I guess you know, just your initial impressions of this. Um, You know, what? uh, How do you see this game playing out? Is this a? I I feel like this is a. This is just going to be a bad night for cleveland i don't know that that, i woke up this morning and that's kind of what i felt
1: well, the thing that I'm looking at is the Pittsburgh defense and how well they've played and how mm-hmm. big yes. of an acquisition Mika Fitzpatrick oh, has been God. for them. Um, I mean, they were absolutely just, you know, ripped upside in another when they decided to trade for him because they were talking about, oh, well, you got a ch- you, you have a chance to tank and you mm-hmm. can pick up a quarterback and Ben's probably not going to be playing anymore. And what are you doing? You're you wrecking the season. And the Steelers fans were really, really upset with that. But Fitz- Fitzpatrick has been so good in that defense and really, Really has fit into the scheme that they want to play. I mean, they've allowed 33 and 28 points in their first two games, respectively. One of those was to our New England Patriots. Both losses were without Minka Fitzpatrick. But since yep. then, the Steelers haven't allowed more than 26 points, and that was just once against the Baltimore Ravens. Who beat the New England Patriots? Mm -hmm. So that gives you an opportunity to see how good they've been on defense since the addition of Fitzpatrick. I think he's really establishing himself as one of the better players in that defense and someone that can be a difference maker. That's why I think it is going to be a long night for Cleveland tonight. I just, you know, Cleveland is, believe it or not, they still have a chance to turn around their season if they were to win this. With the win against Buffalo last week, it did give Cleveland life and probably probably extended the fact that Freddie Kitchens will at least finish this season mm-hmm. um, you know, in uh, in Cleveland, and if they were to pull out this win tonight, it would be huge for Cleveland, but I just don't see it happening. I think Pittsburgh is playing too well on defense. I think their secondary is playing extremely well, and I think that's going to give Baker Mayfield some confusing looks tonight, and I just don't see them being able to come out on top in this one, so I, I agree with your assessment. I think that uh, the Steelers uh, will, will take this.
0: No, I, 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 I'm right there with you because again, I, I really like the Steelers' defense. Um, you know, I, I think they're slowly approaching being one of the best units in the league. I think there's a few that are, I, I think obviously better. But I, I was kind of on the fence about the trade because I thought, okay, well, you're, you're, you're getting a draft pick from Miami, who we all assume is going to be probably top. I mean, at this rate, top five at the worst. Um, you know, because look, the Bengals are just so efficient at losing it's incredible so i don't i don't think any team's gonna catch them in terms of getting that top pick i think they're gonna finish with that top pick so um you're talking about a first round pick that's gonna fall somewhere in the top five and you have an aging quarterback who's uh done for the season and uh questions on offense and you go out and trade for a defensive player so naturally you're like okay that doesn't really I mean, it it makes sense because Minkum Fitzpatrick is a good player. But, you know, you you would think, okay, well, maybe they use that high draft pick for a quarterback. Well, clearly they they had no indication of doing that. Uh, They're going to roll with Ben Roethlisberger or Mason Rudolph or whoever next year and just build around this defense. And it's smart because, you know, again, how often do we get high draft pick quarterbacks, Mitch Trubisky, amount to absolutely nothing? I mean, he's probably worst two or three quarterbacks in the league. I mean, you know, so how valuable is that top pick? I mean, who knows? Sometimes it puts a little bit too much pressure on teams, and it, it forces you to make bad decisions. Um, so, so who knows? I mean, at the end of the day, they look like they made the right move because you're getting efficient quarterback play from Mason Rudolph. I mean, he's not, you know, he's not going to go out and win you too many games, but he's going to control the clock, and he's going to be able yeah. to to make the right decisions uh, more often than not. So. Yeah. Um I, I look I like it. I like where their team is right now. Um Obviously, they're not being talked about as one of those real teams the Patriots beat, but, you know, hey, people forget that. You know, it's like, oh, they haven't beaten a real team yet except for, you know, the Steelers in week one, 33-3. And that was with Ben Roethlisberger. Yes, no Minkah Fitzpatrick, but, you know, clearly this team is talented enough to be where they're at. So, I, you know, again, this whole idea that, that teams, you know, don't play real teams or college football teams or whatever, it's foolish. But I got, I'm getting off track here a little bit. Um <laughs> No, I like I like uh, again. Yeah, I like I like what the Steelers do and I think they're going to win this game. And I, I do agree with you. I think ultimately I think Freddie Kitchens lasts the entire season, but I honestly don't think he should. Um, and I think it's probably the best move for them to just cut bait and move on to someone else.
1: Yeah, I I think that probably will be the case because I don't see Cleveland being able to string together wins and be able to salvage this season. I think he's essentially lost the guys that are in that locker room. And I think they're they're playing for pride. And these these are professional players. And I think that they're going to be able to at least get a couple more before the end of the year. But uh, this Steelers team, they're coming in facing uh, again on defense. Very, very impressed with them. And offensively, I think they've been a lot more efficient and a lot better than people have given Mm -hmm. them credit for. You mentioned Mason. Rudolph. He's been efficient, I think is the best way to put it. Uh, he's been you know, a good game manager. He's not going to win you games like you said, but he's not going to lose you a ton either. Uh, James Conner has been solid. James Washington has been a very good mm. wide receiver for them, uh, really taking some of the pressure off of Juju Smith-Schuster, who you know, everybody was going to be focusing on Juju this year. There wasn't any question. Antonio Brown was not going to be there anymore, so this is Juju's team. He is the, the number one option and the guy that people are going to try to take away. He's had a solid season, but James Washington's emergence has been big in terms of the success that Mason Rudolph has been able to have. So this this is a, a talented club on both sides of the ball, and it's only just beginning for the Steelers right now. They're really starting to come together and bring it all together. So this is going to be a statement game for them tonight. It's a divisional opponent, big rival, Steelers-Browns, two fan bases that ate one another. So it's this is going to be a fun one to watch, I think, tonight. And I think the Steelers are going to try to put the league on notice and say, you know what, we're not going to be an easy out. Out. if we make it into the playoffs we might be that team you don't want to play
0: you like Huey Lewis on the news <laughs> no <laughs> do you, do, Dynamite you like, drop in, do you like Mike no uh serious question though uh do the do the Steelers uh, make the playoffs ultimately at the end of the day Uh, That's a tough question.
1: That is a very tough question because there are some teams that are vying for that. Look, I would have said normally that Indianapolis would have been a shoe in Mm -hmm. uh, to make it. You look at the injuries they have now. Jacoby Brissett looks like he probably will be back after the bye. I'm not completely sure Mm -hmm. what that team is going to really bring to the table. I was high on Indy earlier on in the season. And even after they lost uh, Andrew Luck, I figured that they were going to be a team that was still going to turn some heads and get a playoff spot and maybe even challenge for that division i'm not sure that's going to happen right now i still hold some some hope on them but not much Um, right now i think you have to look at the steelers and say that they're a team that is very you know they're very well equipped to make a playoff run Mm -hmm. Uh, if the playoffs started today they would be in it and that's amazing considering how they started the season a lot is going to be determined by buffalo we saw Mm -hmm. buffalo drop a game last week that everybody pretty much figured they should win and they were going to win um are we seeing the same buffalo swoon that we usually see in the latter half of the season i think they're better than that but you know the jury's still out on that one so there's a lot of teams that are vying for those wild card and and spots right now to try to procure one if the season started today buffalo would be in it i'm I'm leaning towards yes i think they will be
0: yeah, no, I I am too, and and look, I I think we can assume that they're going to be fighting for a wild card spot because we we do think that Baltimore is a pretty good team, and they're likely not going to, you know, give up the lead that they have. Although I mean, it's not an insurmountable, uh, deficit to overcome in terms of division play, but assuming everything stays the way it has been, you know, they'll be fighting for that wildcard spot. And and to be honest, like I'm thinking about the teams around, okay, well, new England's in the playoffs division winner, uh, Baltimore, uh, Kansas city, uh, uh, South, probably the Texans, I'm assuming. And so you're, you're basically talking about the Colts, uh, the Raiders, which is surprising. Um, yeah. Colts, Raiders, Steelers, um, probably that's that's about it really i mean afc south i mean the jaguars not really i don't i don't think they're you know maybe i'm wrong maybe i'm you know forgetting what their record is but i don't think they're really in the mix i don't think any other afc east teams in the mix uh afc north i mean we pretty much covered that the west i i don't see san diego um (laughs) i don't see san diego uh making it (laughs) um I I just I, I yeah so I mean look we're we're coming down to about three teams going to be fighting for that those two wild card spots and if I if I had to put money on it I'd probably you know what I'd probably honestly pick Oakland and and the Steelers uh just because I mean I I'm I'm starting to get a little hesitant on Buffalo cuz look I I do think they're going to at the very least lose at least one more game and that's to the Patriots um and that's, that's being very generous. I haven't really even uh, looked too hard at their upcoming schedule, but I'm assuming there's going to be at least, what, two losses in that mix. So, you know, again, I, I just... I, yeah, I mean, I, I, at
1: I, least I, one. There's yeah. no
0: question about it. I mean, Buffalo does have a favorable
1: schedule to finish the season, so if there's any hope that Buffalo fans are clinging to, that may help you. And look... If this team can make it into the playoffs, they do have a very formidable defense. We've seen that. Um, I mean, you and I have seen that up close and personal when we watched the, uh, them play the, uh, the New England Patriots. They're capable of stringing together, uh, you know, the other, um, you know some plays consecutively that can give quarterbacks difficulties. Um, I yeah. I mean, I, I it's. It's tough for me to become optimistic on Buffalo, but it's tough for me to quit on them just yet because of the defensive prowess that they have. A lot of this is going to be determined by whether or not offensively they can move the ball. Mm -hmm. Uh, Josh Allen's got to show more than he's shown this year. There's no question about it. I think he's got more in the tank, but let's see what he's got to finish out this season. This is where quarterbacks make names for themselves. We saw Lamar Jackson do it last year in, in Baltimore. Baltimore struggled mightily. They made a strong playoff push last year, and Jackson got momentum heading Into this season, and he's come into his own playing some of the best football anywhere right now. I'm not comparing Josh Allen to Lamar Jackson folks, but he's got to show that same type of grit and determination that Jackson showed last year to finish the season on a high note, maybe a playoff loss, but get into the playoffs, and then they can build on that next year. If they don't, and they collapse, especially after the beginning that they had, then all of a sudden you might start to see rumblings about whether or not Buffalo needs to go in a different direction mm. for quarterback, and that'd be a heartbreaker for that franchise, because they just have not found that guy since Jim Kelly, <laughs> that yeah. really is going to be able to do that, save for some Flutie magic back in the early part of the decade. <laughs> it, other than that,
0: well, no uh, they really Drew haven't Bledsoe. had a
1: whole lot to um, no, <laughs> Bledsoe, I, I I love Bledsoe, I absolutely do, but I think his successful years were more in New England, and I also think he had some successful time in uh, in well, somewhat in uh, in Dallas uh, uh, as well uh but i just the 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 Bledsoe Buffalo era Ble- Drew played very well but I, I just think that was that was just a tough matchup with the with the exception of the Bledsoe Lawyer Malloy revenge game <laughs> uh, i don't
0: have a whole lot of
1: indelible memories of Drew Bledsoe in Buffalo so to me he'll always be a patriot
0: <laughs> yeah that that was uh that was certainly something uh the the players hate their coach is, is what the narrative was after that one. If we all remember, yeah. uh, Tom Jackson getting up there and saying that, it, it, it's funny again. That's it's bringing and back we and know. we all
1: remember how that's and we all remember how yeah. that season ended yes. and the <laughs> and the two words that Bill Belichick had for Tom Jackson on the dais after the Patriots were victorious in that Super Bowl. But again, it's a family show. We're yeah. not going to repeat that
0: exactly. You but you can word. use your imagination, folks. <laughs> <laughs> well we'll we'll release a, a unscripted raw edition of this show. You know how they used to do that for like uh you know, any sort of show. It's like, okay, here's the here's the episode, but here's the raw, uncut edition, you know, extra material, right. all that, you know, no bleeps. That's, <laughs> that's what we're gonna do. We're gonna we're we're gonna The directors cut. Exactly. We'll call it the editors. We'll call it the editor in chief's cut. <laughs> yeah, there you go. It's uh, basically just uh thirty minutes of us uh cussing back and forth and and, and <laughs> yeah, saying every vulgar yeah. thing that comes in our mind and and that's yep. essentially be our release but um look it, we both agree I think we both have the Steelers uh if you're if you're in the sportscaster room let us know who do you think is going to be the AFC wildcard teams we have the Steelers um and I'd probably uh, that's, you know what that's I'm, I'm kind of putting myself on the spot here because I haven't really thought too much about it but who do I think the the, the two wildcard teams are going to be and and maybe it is the Raiders and the Steelers and then who would have Mm -hmm. thought about it at the end of this year you know at the beginning of this year um so we'll see we'll see how that goes uh another somewhat related Patriots Steelers news and Raiders news really actually if you think about it (laughs) it kind of works out pretty well uh Antonio Brown uh he's reportedly supposed supposed to have his meeting with the NFL today at 9 a.m so um we uh According, I, I believe, is uh, Josina Anderson uh, had said, that he has obviously denied all the accusations uh, against him and he is obviously looking to to fight this case or whatever. So, um, I, you know, we'll, we'll see. I, we really haven't had much on the Antonio Brown thing since he was cut by the Patriots and, and, and on many levels. I mean, one, there really hasn't been much talk about it probably because he's no longer a Patriot. And two, there really hasn't been any new information coming out of either camp in terms of how this uh, lawsuit or how this uh, the whole situation is progressing. So uh, hopefully we will learn a lot more soon because, you know, look, I, you know, you know how I feel about the situation. Until there, there's some uh, definitive uh, results to what this investigation entails, I think he should be playing. I think he should be signed, and I think a team— should be able to sign him without worry that the NFL is just going to turn around and put him on the exempt list. The moment he signs his contract. Um, I don't think the Patriots should have cut him. I, I still, even though I think it's a, it's a, a, a less than a million uh, in one shot, I still think they should <laughs> entertain the idea of bringing him back um, solely because I think it would make them a better team. I mean, we just, I mean, no, it, everyone will sit there and, and pretend not to think it, but let's be real, if he's out on that field, they're a lot better team offensively. Um, not to say that that's their biggest issue, I think we all agree that they need to get uh, they need to play more efficiently uh, on the offensive line. However, you put Antonio Brown in this offense. We saw it for a very, very brief moment in time. Um, it, it's pretty explosive, and I think it will uh, open things up for the Patriots. But again, that's a, that's a long ways away. I think we're going to find out some more information today, or at least in the coming days, or at least hopefully get a resolution. Is the are the are, are is the NFL going to place him on the exempt list? Are they going to suspend him? You know, basically until this is done or not? Because if they if they come out and it's status quo then it further, further uh, tells me that they just have no interest in resolving the situation. And they're really doing him a disservice, uh, regardless of, of, of what you think he may or may not done, we don't know. And, um, you know, if if the NFL was, unless they have the information, unless they're provided with, with uh, reliable information as to what happened in this situation, um, and they don't, you know, unless they do that, and then suspend him or whatever, that's fine. But, you know if they if they're not presented with anything different and it's still the same thing we've been listening to for the last couple months and you you just let them linger out there then that's that's shame on you NFL and that's, that's not the first time i've said that and it won't be the last no
1: it's true yeah no it, it really is true i mean this meeting absolutely has to yield some sort of vector in terms of where we're going to go from here uh, there hasn't been anything and you're absolutely right. Since he was cut and released by the Patriots, it's almost like, well, the story went away. We kind of mm-hmm. we got what we wanted. And now Antonio Brown is on the uh, it's almost like, well, if, if if you can't have him, then no one's going to have. Yeah. Him. And, you know, I think a lot of this, obviously, there needs to be dialogue between he and the NFL because the NFL needs to hear exactly what happened. Law enforcement needs to hear exactly what happened. I think that's yeah. lost in all of this. That's you know Those are serious accusations. And right now, folks, that's all they are is accusations backed up by a civil litigation. There has not been any criminal charges filed against Antonio Brown when it comes to this. So he's not accused of committing a crime at this point. He's accused of what could end up being considered criminal acts. There's a big difference mm-hmm. there. So at this point, let's see what this meeting yields. Let's see how... Uh, this progresses and if indeed that this does come out of it where it looks like the NFL is not going to be able to place him on the commissioner's exempt list then I think activity will start up because come on let's face it I mean he's not being unsigned because of his antics there are teams out there that would gladly put up with Antonio Mm -hmm. Brown's antics if it meant the production that they're going to get on the field one of them is the New England Patriots obviously they knew about the antics beforehand it did not deter them they signed him so they knew what they were going to be getting it was everything that came out afterwards that just became too much for the team to endure and would have been too much of a distraction and i think that's why the team cut him loose it wasn't so much because they were fed up with him they just realized that this story was never going to go away as long as he took the um the field bill belichick was going to get creamed with uh with Uh, Questions every single day. Tom Brady was going to get questioned. All the players in the locker room were going to get questioned. It was going to be about the Antonio Brown saga rather than the team. And I think Robert Kraft looked at it, looked at the optics of the situation, and made a decision and cut Antonio Brown loose. But I, I do think that that chatter can start up again. And I think you'll see him signed if you don't. Oh, yeah. If, if this meeting does not yield any type of indication as to whether or not he's going to be placed on the commissioner's exempt list and teams start to believe that he could finish the season, absolutely, contenders will be lining up to sign him. And I believe that.
0: Well, and, and look, I mean, I, I I disagree a little bit because I, I do think. Uh... Look, distractions and the Patriots—it's never been an issue. Um, They—they've dealt with far worse. I mean, they—they had a a guy accused of murder, (laughs) and ultimately convicted of murder. Well, you know technicalities may have, may <laughs> disagree with me, but the guy was convicted of murder. And, uh, you know, we, obviously that's, that's, Oh yeah, no, he, extreme, he was convicted. That was the yep. most extreme, uh, situation, but there's been other situations where just questions and, and comments and, you know, everything around the Patriots gets blown up. So I don't think that was really a thing. I honestly, I think Robert Kraft gave, gave into the public outcry. And, and to me that is, is, and I'll sit here and defend Kraft or for countless things I, I don't think his situation down in Florida was that big of a deal I think it obviously got blown up because of you know who it was and and some of the irresponsible reporting that came out because of it all but um I do think he he just he gave in which it surprises me because I have never never once thought he was someone who to give into outside pressure but I feel like he did because um again you know everyone you know all these people Bitching and complaining, and all that stuff about, you know, oh, the, I can't believe the Patriots, uh, they, they obviously, uh, how, how'd they sign him so quickly? Remember that? Remember that was the thing for like two days? You know, oh, oh yeah. You know, people yeah. were, out, were out in pitchforks because of the, uh, you know, the signing of them to begin with. And then all of a sudden the story comes out, and, and naturally that's what you're going to latch on to because it's easy. So um, I think, you know, again, Shame on Kraft for giving if this was the case, shame on him for giving into public perception because again, we see it now already. Some of the same people that were out there, you know, lambasting the Patriots for signing this guy are up there, you know, Stephen A. Smith. Well, I think the Ravens could actually look at him and it, it would be a smart to say. It's like, wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> Six weeks ago, eight weeks ago, you're sitting there uh, talking about how you know Antonio Brown's antics, all this, all this nonsense. He's bad for the game, whatever. He he doesn't deserve this, that, and the other. Well, he's off the Patriots, and now other teams are interested. Well, I think it would be a smart move by them. Well, of course you do. I mean, it's just kind of showing like. where people's basis of their opinion comes from and uh, especially when exactly it comes to the patriots it's, it's and,
1: a bias yep. and when we know that you know i mean we've seen it so many times mm-hmm. and yeah you're absolutely right the team that does sign him if it's not the new england patriots will be praised for signing him mm-hmm. and saying you know what they're giving him a chance he hasn't been convicted all the narratives that you heard when he was with the patriots the vile human being yep. that they made the guy out to be is all of a sudden going to change. And it's going to change. It's going to do a 180-degree turn. And look, I am in no way advocating if he is guilty of what he's accused of Mm -hmm. being guilty of, then he has no place in the NFL at all. And and, and neither one of us are arguing that point. And, and, And that's not the point here, folks, is that what Ian and I are trying to articulate is that at this point, there's not enough information out there to warrant the type of... Uh, stonewalling that he's that he's been uh, uh, that he's been subject to but the NFL is no stranger to that and we're seeing that more and more and more as the days go on here with the Colin Kaepernick workout at the end of the Mm -hmm. week I I think there's there's an agenda that these teams maybe ownership maybe more so I think the front office is really trying to Push here, and it's it's really a double edged sword because I think it's alienating more people than it's than it's accepting at
0: this well, point. Well, I'm glad you brought that up because we we actually don't have a lot of time to, to touch on it, but um, you know, uh, it, it's come out at least in the last 24 hours a lot of the same sentiments that I had about that um, Colin Kaepernick situation yesterday, and I felt and I said it yesterday morning. I thought it was so farce. I thought the entire thing mm-hmm. was just a sham. And and the more information that comes out about it, <clears throat> and the comments coming from you know, other people within organizations. It, it only further uh, it tells me that that was the case. I mean, this was um, <clears throat> reportedly. Someone said that you know this was Roger Goodell be- trying to do something because he felt bad. I mean, it, which which is just silly and stupid. And and look, I I, I think he should. Um, I I honestly, I hope some team does sign him. I hope I, ho- I hope they do. I mean, I I was never, you know, I was always in, And I said this yesterday. I was always indifferent about Colin Kaepernick. I never, you know. Like I said, I didn't want to sit here and pretend like I knew what I was talking about because, you know, again, what what do I know about the struggles that he talks about? I don't. I just not that I am, you know, I sympathize and I'm, em, you know, I have empathy and all that, all right. that and I want to know, but I can't sit here and pretend to be some sort of uh, authority on the subject because I just I don't. I just I, that's not how I grew up. Um, it's it's situations. There's a lot of people that didn't grow up in that situation, but want to talk like they know what they're talking about. And it's like, no, you're the last person. I want to hear from guys like Colin Kaepernick. You know, I want to hear what they say because they're the ones who lived through all this stuff. So right. um, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I know that. But at the same time, I I just I it was such a a, a muddied situation because of all the misinformation being spewed about. And um, but again, over time, it's it's become quite clear that uh, there's there's a I'm not going to say every single owner is involved because I mentioned it yesterday. Some teams just – it makes no sense to sign him uh, just from a football standpoint. So I'm not going to say every team is, is, is joining together to, uh, to, to keep him out of the league. But I think there's a concerted effort uh, to just ignore him, and that is, is not right. And especially for a guy who clearly can still play, maybe not at the level that he was when, you know, he was going to the Super Bowl. But we talked about it yesterday. There's a lot of quarterbacks with starters or backups that could be replaced easily by Colin Kaepernick. And they'd be better, you know, that team would be better because of it. So um, we're going to see how that plays out. Obviously, his workout is on Saturday. Uh, there, there's... Again, I don't want to get in. We don't have that much time left, so I don't want to get into it too much, but uh, there is some <laughs> disagreement as to whether or not the, the, the truth is uh, the NFL said they were going to provide a list of teams that wanted to go. Uh, that's not the case. That's what Kaepernick's side saying now the NFL saying no we never did that so clearly there's already a disconnect I'll be I'll be interested to see mm. what this actually uh works out to be on Saturday and to see if the right. team actually takes it seriously and um you know I saw one rumor that you know the Patriots will have someone as a representative now what does that mean probably nothing but um at least we know some teams are going and it'll be interesting to see what happens and uh again right. hopefully he gets signed hopefully some team goes uh, goes out there and says you know what um, we're going to go out there and make this move and we're going to put him on a roster and, and see what he can do so uh, we'll see we'll, we'll find out yeah. soon I'm sure or not. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, this, this yeah. It'll be <laughs> yep. year 20, 000, 2050. And, you know, still asking like, why haven't it, why hasn't a team signed Colin Kaepernick yet? Well, <laughs> well he's 75 years old. And he hasn't played in 50 years. So, I mean. <laughs> but the question why. will still be asked. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, and the answer will be. I am the Walrus. Uh, that's right. <laughs> Thank that's you, right. Donnie. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, anyways, we, we, we just got a couple minutes left. And, uh, you know, I, uh, Thursday Night Football tonight. Be sure to check that out. Uh, we're we're going to be covering the game. We'll, we'll talk about it tomorrow morning. We'll, we'll focus mostly on uh, all the NFL action tomorrow, of course, unless something else breaks and there's some other nonsense that we have to talk about, but we will be doing that. Uh, be sure to give the show a follow. We do want to get to people interacting a little bit more. We're going to um, soon introduce a call-in number and some. Or we're going to have some fun fun things to go around, so be sure to check that out it's at FPC Radio Live. Uh, of course, Full Press Radio, for all the great shows. We have Snowman in the Morning coming back. He's uh, on at 9 today, and he goes all the way till 12 every day. It's pretty it's pretty awesome. So three straight hours of Snowman in the Morning, followed by College Credit Hour with our guy Memphis Spets of Sports Radio America coming up at noon from noon to 2. So uh, check that out. Stay tuned to Full Press Radio. Uh, watch us tomorrow morning. We'll be back at 8 a.m. I am Ian Glenn. You can follow me on Twitter. It's at IGLEN31. He is Mike DeBate. You can follow him on Twitter. It's at md. A B A T E F P C, and Mike. Hello, Mike. Nice to see you again. Well, I I wish <laughs> that that hello kind of anytime. On, but
1: <laughs> anytime I can I can sign off having Johnny Fontaine speak to me. You gotta love it. Uh, you know, you you gotta love it. It's it's uh, it's great. You know, as as, as Michael Coleone would respond to him. I, so Don is very proud of you, Johnny.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's right, and I'm very proud of you, Mike. So, uh, Well, thank <laughs> you, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> so until next time, we'll be back tomorrow, 8 a.m., on Full Press Radio, on Sportscaster Live. Again, give us a follow. Check us out on Twitter. Go to fullpresscoverage.com and check out all the great content. There's a bunch of great stuff coming up. So, everyone, have a great day. Enjoy your Thursday. Enjoy Thursday Night Football. We'll see you later.